Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. And welcome to Living Inside Out today. I am your host, Joy Ross, and I want to invite you guys back for another week. I'm so glad that you're here. And I just want to invite you right now to go ahead and settle in, grab a pen and some paper, because we like to not just engage in conversation on this show, but we're all about sharing tips and action steps that you guys can begin putting in action in your own lives, in your journeys to show up as the best version of you. So I want to welcome the first time listeners. If you are listening for the first time today, let me know where you are listening from. You can Email me if you'd like to at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com or send me a note on social media, whatever's convenient for you guys. Joy Ross Consulting on Instagram and Facebook or just Joy Ross, Joy with an I. And hey, you guys, those of you who listen on a regular basis, welcome back. I am so glad that you've tuned in once again. You guys are really in for a treat today because we listen to your feedback And I've got a guest with me today who I'm going to introduce in a little bit. And he's actually back by popular demand because you guys wanted more of him. So here's what I know about you guys before we get into today's conversation. If you listen to this show on a regular basis, I believe about you that you guys are committed to personal development. You're committed to your own growth. You're committed to just showing up in the world and really trying to put forth the best version of who you are day to day. And I share that commitment. I believe that that's what bonds us together. And I created this show specifically with you guys in mind. My aim and my intention for every show is to bring people on who have their own stories of personal transformation from the inside out and to, again, drop tips and action steps to help you guys in your journey to live a life of joy, fulfillment, freedom, and abundance. In fact, my own personal journey and my own quest to live a life of joy, fulfillment, freedom, and abundance. It's part of the reason, part of the inspiration for this show because, and some of you have heard my story for the benefit of those who have not. My story includes having spent many years of my life living according to society's blueprint for success. You guys know that blueprint, Mm -hmm. that generic recipe that kind of tells us Hey, if you do these things and check these boxes, if you go to school, get an education, get a job in corporate, work your way up the ladder into leadership positions, and maybe even start your own business and do all these things that at the end of that will be a rainbow and a pot of gold and a life of happily ever after. And what I experienced and actually what I received deep revelation on is this. There's no amount of education, there's no amount of money 
there is no amount of business success or career achievements or rewards and accolades or any of those things that can bring us true internal joy, fulfillment, freedom, or happiness. Contrary to what society says, reaching outside of ourselves to acquire things externally will never truly satisfy what our souls crave. I believe that the things that we truly desire, the things that our souls desire, that feeling of fulfillment, happiness, peace, joy, those things only come from being rooted and grounded internally. It's our thoughts. It's our beliefs, our mindset. I believe also our faith, our sense of identity and self-worth. Those are the things that build our internal root system. Those are the things that determine to what extent we're truly happy and to what extent we have that feeling of deep inner satisfaction and fulfillment. So what some of us, what I believe many of us often do is we can tend to reach outside of ourselves to acquire and attain things to fill an internal need only to discover that once we have all the stuff, once we've met those financial goals or we've gotten that business off the ground or we've moved our way up on the corporate ladder or whatever those things are, that once we acquire those things, we still have internal needs that remain unfulfilled. And that was my experience until I began to look internally. And for me, that was my experience until I began to develop a deeper spiritual relationship and tap into my spiritual identity. So my personal journey from bondage to freedom, from lack to abundance, from anxiety to inner peace, from disappointment to fulfillment and joy and the steps that I took to break free and experience transformation from the inside out, I've documented and shared in a very transparent way my journey and my story in a couple of books that I've written. And I just want to mention these to encourage and invite you that if you are right now experiencing any type of cycles or patterns that you feel you can't break free from, you've tried and you don't know how to get out of that, there might be something in my book, How to Break the Cycle of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt from the Inside Out, that could help you. Uh, Or perhaps right now your struggle is in relationships. Uh, Maybe you're feeling heartbroken, disappointed, disillusioned, and wondering why you can't seem to be able to get past your trust issues. If that's you, there might be something in the book, The Truth About Trust, The Secret to Thriving in Any Relationship, that might benefit you. I was inspired to write those books because I really believe that when we go through trials and come out on the other side, when we go through challenges and come out on the other side, that our journeys can benefit other people. 
I really believe that. So if either of those books resonate with you, you can find them on Amazon or you can go on my website, joyross.com, click the products tab and you can find them there. Uh, But again, you guys, enough about me. I am so grateful to have this platform to have guests on the show who can share their experiences. And the beautiful thing about all the guests that I have on the show is that all of them are in some way or another using their gifts, their talents, sharing their stories to be in service to other people, to help other people experience transformation. So I am hoping that today and my intention today is that as we move forward in the show, there will be something said that helps you perhaps just take one small step forward because that's how transformation happens. It's one step at a time, day by day. So with that, I want to get right into reintroducing my guests. And I'll say for the benefit of those who maybe you didn't hear my first interview with Sean Smith, I highly encourage you guys to go back. You can check out part one uh, in the on-demand section of the show page, or if you're listening by podcast, just scroll up and listen to part one. It was such a treat for all of us who listened. Um, And so I've got Sean back with me today. I'm going to read a little bit of his bio for the benefit of you guys who didn't hear part one. So Sean is an author, a speaker, an actor, a poet, a songwriter, and owner of Elite Success Systems, which is a personal development and human healing company that he founded in 2006. Sean's company has helped transform hundreds of thousands of lives around the world. Sean has dedicated his life's work to creating neural transformation which is a practice that produces lasting change in the mind and body. He was named North America's Next Greatest Speaker in 2013. He's one of very few people to deliver two spoken word TEDx performances, the first on Dear Racism, a breakup letter from a white man, and the power of vulnerability in men. Sean also co-wrote, produced, starred in the award-winning spoken word short film with Lisa Nichols called Let's Grow, which was all about healing racism. And his recent book, Daddy, Are You Proud of Me, was released this month. Mm. I'm going to interject here, too, that I have had the uh, honor of being in some of Sean's classes and just the honor of being coached by him. And he has quickly made his way onto my personal list of favorite humans on the planet. So, Sean, I'm just so glad to have you back on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you for all of that, Joy. I love you and your mission and your outlook on life and your heart to, to serve everybody. And, you know, I had a feeling when we first did a show that one conversation was definitely not going to be enough. Uh, the way we want to dive in and dissect. So I'm happy to be back. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to have you back. And I had that feeling too. And so I'm not even going to call this part two of two. I'm just going to say this is part <laughs> two of, and we'll just leave that blank because who knows? Um, part two of many, I'm, I'm with right? You. All right. <laughs> so Sean, the last time that you were here, straight out of the gate, you dove into the deep end of the pool 
um, as I like to say, and we got into some things that were on your mind. You, you talked about this question that you were asking yourself in that moment, which was, who am I without? And we mm-hmm. talked about sort of unbecoming and peeling back layers that are preventing us from really living out our true identity, simply put, right? So I want to get into that and pick up on that conversation a little bit. But before we do, I want to lob, toss to you the question that I like to ask every guest when we're starting out each conversation. And that is thinking about the last maybe couple of days or the last week, this past week. Can you share with us one challenge or obstacle that's come up for you and how you navigated around it, how you overcame it? Mm. That's a juicy question. A challenge over the last few days. Um, what's present for me immediately is expectations. Uh, that our expectations are so rarely fulfilled, I think, at least mine are, when there's something that I really want to have happen and it either doesn't happen or doesn't happen the way I want it to or doesn't happen on the right timeline or something about it doesn't match my expectations. And that's quite often tough to deal with. Um, So specifically, the, the experience that I had that, has me answering the question with expectations is was from this morning, actually. As you know, I was at a screening mm-hmm. of a film that I recently acted in. And it it's the film that I wanted to see the most out of all the things that I had done. Mm. And it I wasn't disappointed in the film. And if I'm fully honest, um, my expectations weren't also fully met. And I don't even quite now, right now, know what it is. It's not like I was, I'm upset about really anything in particular that I'm aware of. But I think there was such a hype around it maybe internally for me, like this is the one, you know, this is the thing that's going to be that I've been waiting for all this time. I mean, it's months. I think it was three months ago that we filmed it. And, um, but I also think it might be like, we didn't just watch that one film. We watched a bunch of films from this film Academy and there was just something that I'm still trying to process. But what I do know is that it was expectations that I went in with some kind of expectation of the size of the audience or who was going to be in the audience or, you know, what my role was going to be within the audience and like all that stuff. And so I know enough about, us throwing our expectations into the future (laughs) to -hmm. recognize that I had some expectation that wasn't fully, um, fully met. And it's, it's weird. Like as I'm sitting in all this right now, it's kind of weird because I don't want to put any negativity on the film at all. Cause I Mm -hmm. truly wasn't like upset or disappointed or anything like that. So I'm just open to explore. What was it? You know, I, I don't know what it was yet. Um, but there's 
something that just wasn't fully aligned with an expectation somewhere. And, and it could be inside of me. I don't know. Like it, yeah. it could be what, what I was supposed to think or see or feel or do or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have the completion of this, but as you ask the question, that's kind of what I'm currently sitting in. Hmm. Well, first of all, congratulations on the Thank film. You. Yeah, that's so awesome. And so many things were coming up inside of me as you shared that. And thank you for that honest, vulnerable, hey, this is actually something that I'm in right now sort of response. Mm-hmm. And it it <clears throat> makes me think about how common that is, right? How we can we can often have an expectation about something and right off the top, I thought about special days, you know, like Christmas, the holidays, right? Yeah. Sometimes we go into moments like that and we have whatever those expectations are, right? Whatever they're rooted in, it could be based on God only knows what, you know, something from childhood or whatever, but we have Mm -hmm. these expectations. And then after the day of, it's kind of this letdown feeling like this, this nondescript let down feeling. Um, So I think that's real. I guess that makes me wonder like how, uh, and being a master coach, right? So if you're coaching somebody who says, Hey, this tends to happen for me on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. like I'll have an achievement, like you finished a film. That's, something to be celebrated and it's like a wow moment right and it's the premiere but then after the premiere or oh man i was really hyped about this speech that i had to give and or this course that i had to teach and you know the evaluations were good the feedback was good there there was nothing negative and yet afterwards there's this Mm -hmm. feeling of um do any tips come to mind? Like how, how do we navigate that? Yeah, two things as you asked that question. And then it provided some more insight for myself as, you, as, as I was internally answering your question. The first thing as a coach is I would want to know what the expectations were. So I already said earlier that I'm not, I'm not quite sure what they were. Uh, but any yet, and anything that causes this feeling of disappointment is because expectations were unmet. So if we ident like if we believe that to be true, which I obviously do, mm-hmm. then we can hone in on what the expectations were. So if we believe that there were expectations that were unmet, what were they? And then we can ask more specific questions about what were my expectations and then we'll we'll dissect. We'll go, okay, this is what I thought it was supposed to be like, or this is, you know, what I was hoping for. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, and this is for me personally, just with this particular instance. So this might not apply to everybody, Mm -hmm. but as you were asking me back this question, I had somewhat of an epiphany. I, I know that one of the reasons that I have this, unsettled uh, feeling is because it was the first time I've seen this film and any, and it was in a theater. So it was a big screen. Mm -hmm. 
And any time that I see myself like that, I immediately judge. Mm-hmm. I immediately critique because I want to like, because I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so I think I kind of brace myself. I hope I don't suck. I hope it's, I hope, you know, they, they get the right angle, right? I hope, mm-hmm. you know, it's not too close. I hope it's not too far away. I, I hope I don't regret it, right? And so now that I look back, I'm pretty positive that as I was sitting in the seat watching the film, I was either metaphorically, but, po- but possibly and probably literally tensed up. Like, oh my God, I hope I don't hate it, right? And the other thing is after each film, there wasn't like feedback, there wasn't any uh, approval, you know, people applauded. But so all I was left with was just, could I have done better? Should I have done better? You know, what if I would have, you know, could I have cried harder? Could I have yelled louder or softer? Like, you know, there's just this immediate critique of the performance. So I think for me, that's probably the biggest thing that explains that that makes sense to me as to why I'm I'm a little unsettled is oh, because wow. I just immediately went into critique mode which oh, is pretty wow. common uh for a lot of actors I've talked to but also for people that see themselves on on the big screen whatever that big screen looks like or see themselves on video for the first time or read their books you know or articles like anything that we create that's yeah. performance of some kind or just sacred and meaningful to us. I think usually our first pass at it is going to be one of critique mm-hmm. and critique and celebration usually don't go hand in hand. Right. Right. So if I, when I get this film again, I'll watch it multiple times, I'm sure. And I'll remember this conversation and see if it, you know, how long it takes me to just be in celebration mode rather than critique, I should have done this, I should have done that. Because, uh, yeah. you know, that piece right there, I think that is a takeaway for everybody, um, regardless of whether you're doing create, creative stuff or not. When we hold on to the past as I should have done it differently, then we're never ever going to let go of it because oh. there's always something that we should have done differently. So right. it's about embracing as much as we can, accepting, moving on, enjoying, celebrating, all the things that is really hard for most of us to do in order for us to keep growing. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that you said critique and celebration don't live in the same space. And I, I had a little smirk on my face here because one of the things, and I'll just share this for people who are listening, and this is resonating because you find yourself not really in celebration mode, but more in critique mode. That was certainly me for many, many, many years. And one thing that helped me, Sean, was um, in a couple of your programs, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? And I used to not be among those who, who really celebrate. And so what's helped me is being super intentional on pausing to celebrate the process Mm. like hey I did this or hey I'm in the process of doing this um and it keeps me from crashing into that okay I don't know why but I don't feel good about this like I just did a thing but I don't feel excited about it so pause for a little intentional celebration folks if if this is you and um you can relate to this topic you said you just said something that's really important and I know we're just 
an hour plus out of a conversation that we both shared uh, in a different program where we talked about the diff- the distinction between assessment, but in this case, specifically critiquing and feeling. Mm-hmm. So when we're in critiquing mode, it's our intellect that's engaged. Mm-hmm. And so while we are critiquing like that, unless we love all of the critiques, which is also extremely rare, mm-hmm. then we, we, it's almost impossible to feel good about it, mm-hmm. right? Because critiquing and feeling are different. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, the specifics that we can dive into. What are you critiquing? What are, you, what are your judgments? How do those judgments make you feel? And then we can get to the, the root issue, which is going to be, you know, whatever the critiques are. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, right? I know. It's so <laughs> Very it's so thought-provoking. Wild. It is because I think it's a struggle for, I know a lot of the people that I have worked with and that I talked to in the past, especially people who are constantly um, performing, uh, whether yeah. it's for their jobs or or whatever, and so this this thing about, and I love how you frame that celebration is really tapping into a feeling. But when we're in that mode of okay, this thing just happened. I don't know. Like, did I was it my expectations? And we're critiquing. We're using our brains, so it's yeah. a different part of the body. And so maybe just being aware of that is in and of itself helpful um i totally agree yeah yeah me too so we're gonna get into uh i can't believe it's time for break already like what (laughs) in the world sean i'm gonna we're gonna this is gonna be a 10-part series guys (laughs) it does so we're gonna take a quick break um but you guys don't go anywhere on the other side of the break we're gonna go a little deeper into some hopefully a few other topics before we're finished so stick around don't go anywhere we will be right back have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth 
Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Women, Life, and Science is the open forum for dialogue, the sharing of experiences, and storytelling. Tune in to hear Cecilia Zapata-Harms inspire you with her stories of challenges she overcame. Women, Life, and Science, Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. So welcome back, everybody. We are here in the studio with Sean Smith. So, Sean, before that break, we had started to talk a little bit about expectations I want to hop over from there onto a similar topic um, that I think is related. And um, it has to do with something we talked about when you were on the show last, when you were talking about this question, who am I without, which for me brought up ideas about identity Mm -hmm. and how uh, we are often, I think, living in the in-between, right? Like there's the person that we were in the past, and especially for people who are on a journey of personal development and growth. Every day we're in an in-between space. We were whoever we were in the past, and we're living in the right now, but then there's this version of ourselves often in our minds, like our future self. That's the identity that we're moving toward. Um I want to just have you like, let's talk about that for a little bit. And is it really, is that really reality that we're living in the in-between or is it, no, we already now today, we, we are that future version of ourselves, And it's really a matter of us not seeing that or needing to peel back layers that are blocking us from seeing it. What's, what's your take on that? What just came to me as you're framing that up is that we think that growth going from one identity to another is, I'm going to get mathematically nerdy here because I am, and I was a math teacher. So what's making sense to me right now is that we are programmed that this kind of identity work, like to go from from where we are to where we want to be and to get to that next evolution of ourselves is horizontal. And the vision that I had earlier when we were talking about this a little bit before is that it's like um, Tarzan swinging from the vines, you know, and you're, you're on one vine of the trees and you swing until that vine takes you to the end of the arc. And then you've got to let go of that vine to get to the next one. Let's assume here that you can't hold two vines at the same time. Uh-huh. So you've got to let go of the the first one to get to the second one. And while you've let go of the first one, you're airborne. Uh-huh. 
And it's that fear of being airborne. And then obviously the fear of there not being a vine to Mm -hmm. catch on to or you missing it that will then lead you to fall. In, Mm. In a visual analogy, I think that's essentially what causes our fear of a lot of our growth is because we we don't know what it's like to be in between these identities and even if we know that we want to leave one and grow into another we just have that natural fear of being airborne and not being caught but my experience is that personal development is vertical and it's not horizontal like that and we aren't going up vertically we're actually going down vertically which is great for all kinds of reasons um, and terrifying for all kinds of reasons Mm -hmm. we still i think have that idea or that fear of the fall but if our layers are vertical then we can get to a point and you know depending on where everybody is in this conversation what i'm about to say might not make sense to you immediately or you might be able to go oh yeah that's what happened when i was 15 and that's what happened you know when i was 30 or you you might actually be able to connect some dots here in your life but it just depends on where you are in the conversation mm-hmm. but if you agree with me that personal development is actually vertical and it goes down mm-hmm. then what that means is what we're constantly doing is letting go of stuff that we have stacked on top of us identities mm. masks false senses of ourselves we're letting those go and then each time we do that we fall down into a deeper rooted level of who we truly are oh. and i think the the tree is a great analogy for a lot of the work that we do mm-hmm. so if we're up in the leaves of a tree each time that we go down we're we're going first of all closer to branches and then eventually closer to the trunk of the tree and then mm-hmm. you know closer to the to the roots and then the the seeds that were planted all back then and if we assume that that's how personal development actually is we still might be afraid of the free fall but then we have to trust that every time we fall we're going to land on another level mm-hmm. but this kind of top down fall is actually growth that doesn't make sense the way that mm-hmm. we're normally programmed, right? We want to grow up or we want to mm-hmm. grow forward in whatever direction that we have. But with so much of personal development and, and really identities specifically, it's about removing what we aren't. You know, it's, it's removing the false identities. I do a skit sometimes on on stage when I talk about anything related to this and I'll put on a lot of layers like jumpsuits and each jumpsuit is a little bit bigger than the one before. So I mm-hmm. can put them on and they just like layer on top of each other mm-hmm. and it's designed to show visibly 
what we do when we put these layers on. And then I also put different le- different sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with each layer comes a new, uh, a, a new layer of sunglasses also. And so as I put all these on, I've got like six jumpsuits on. So, you know, my body is physically growing thicker and thicker and thicker. But then I've also mm-hmm. got like six sunglasses all jumbled together over my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty visual like disrupting um, sort of look at how we live our lives. And so what we're actually doing is removing the lenses and removing the layers so that we are getting more in touch with who we've always been. So I think personal development isn't about becoming anybody that we aren't currently. It's about unbecoming everybody that we aren't currently. And as we unbecome these identities that we aren't, then we have to trust that we'll keep falling back into who we are. And this is a layered process for all of us, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like you're going to go, oh, I have an epiphany. I have a breakthrough. I do some, some therapy or some trauma work, or I get some coaching, or I read a book, or I have some you know, big shift. And then all of a sudden I zip back to the, mm-hmm. the core identity, human, no fear, you know, no sabotage, you know, that I've always been hiding underneath. Right. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it'd be fantastic if that was the case. It's only never the case, mm-hmm. but it is a process of removing one layer at a time, one layer at a time. One of the things that makes that so scary to us is what you alluded to joy, which is our identities are wrapped up in these layers. Mm-hmm. And the identities of who we are inside of each one of these layers. Who am I with this relationship? Who am I with this amount of money? Who am I with this house? Who am I with this title, with this status, with this religion, with this skin color, with this mm-hmm. gender, with this height, with this hair, without this hair? You know, whatever the the attachment is, who am I with that? And then who am I without that? Mm-hmm. And the more that we peel away the layers of the things that we are not, the closer we get to who we are, but it's scary because mm-hmm. we're comfortable with all the things that we've connected to, right? And mm-hmm. so identity work is simultaneously, in, in my experience in personal development, uh, some of the most profound and, and just world-shifting work Mm -hmm. but it also provides a lot of internal resistance because of our attachments. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying to think of who we would be as a person without certain circumstances that we've grown comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you explained. um, And it's such a powerful visual, the multiple jumpsuits and, the multiple glasses, and that also conjured up for me a similar visual of, you know, a person who's walking and carrying multiple suitcases, you know, like on a on a rope right behind mm. them, and there it's just like carrying weight. Um, yeah. I'm I'm wondering because I I think that very much what you said about personal development and growth. And really becoming more and more of who we truly are underneath all this stuff. That's a vertical process. 
right? And what we tend to do, and this this just links me over to addictions, which I talk a lot about and I've researched a lot. I've written a lot about it. And I think that we tend to live out on the branches, right? And so when Mm -hmm. we look at things like our habits, when we look at things like behaviors, those are, I believe, fruits. Those are things that we can see that are external, right? That's the fruit hanging off the tree. And what we tend to do is say, oh, I don't like that. So let me change that. Let me pick that apple off because I don't really want apples in my life. Hmm. But we can do that. But the reason why we tend to cycle around sometimes and still find ourselves dealing with the same things is that we never really went in and did the root work. We didn't go vertical. So I'm wondering, thinking about this time of year and thinking Mm. about how uh, a lot of things can be going on internally, thinking about a lot of people that I've actually talked to over the past few weeks who are struggling with... uh, Maybe in some cases it is addictive behavior, which is struggling with their own sense of identity, really. Like, Mm -hmm. who am I um, and do I have the strength to show up as my true self or am I going to cave to family pressure, friend pressure, societal pressure to be whatever it is that the people in our life expect of us around the holidays or whatever? I know this is a really long way of, of asking a question, but all of these things are coming to mind. I think there's some connection here. So, like, as sure. people are trying to navigate that right now in this season and, like, really having an inner desire, like, hey, I really want to be able to just stand up and be true to who I feel I am on the inside. But the pressure, all of those all of those jumpsuits, right, are so heavy. It's I know that I want to pull those off, but I don't know how. Like, where do I start? How do I get to a point where I can begin to take some of the glasses off, take some of the jumpsuits off, um, go, you know, be a little more courageous to go vertical knowing that, oh, it's scary, but it's it's good because underneath that is mm. the real me, and that's what I really want. Mm-hmm. What what do you what do you say to that? Well, the the last thing you said is the most important. Is this what you really want? Mm. If somebody doesn't really want to be who they actually are, then. You know, it doesn't matter what the what the solution is because somebody doesn't actually want that. And I think we are programmed like so. I think most people, when it comes to success, I think most people want to be successful, mm-hmm. but most people are not willing to become successful. Mm. the becoming is an internal thing. Being is an external thing. So people want to have money, but they don't, they don't want to make the changes that would cause them to attract money, right? Mm. Like they, they want to get better or do better, but they don't want to be better. Oh. And 
if somebody actually does want to be better, mm-hmm. then that's a personal shift internally. And then the answer is to, and most people are not going to like this, right? Uh, I still don't like it. But the answer is to follow your triggers. Hmm. What do you mean by Any, that? Anything that irritates you is a trigger. Anything that causes you to feel out of balance is a trigger. So like we could use the example that I gave earlier to your first question, which was, or which yielded my awareness about this premiere that just happened this morning. The easier thing to do would be to just come up with some way to avoid thinking about it or suppress whatever I'm feeling about it, you know, misdirect or whatever, and then, you know, just move on to something else. The more challenging thing to do is explore it. Like what, what's here, right? So when we feel, when, when we have emotional triggers, things that cause us to be afraid or angry or irritated or any of that, those are the absolute most valuable invitations Mm. that we have. Most of us are programmed to send them back. Mm. (laughs) Return to sender. I don't want those emotional trigger invitations. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand that the only reason we would have emotional triggers is because of the conflict that we're holding on to. Because we don't like something, right? And so these kinds of triggers that I'm talking about are always a sign that something's out of alignment. So if we know that something's out of alignment, we have two choices. Look away and do everything you can to avoid knowing about it or feeling it or get it into alignment. Mm -hmm. Getting it into alignment is emotionally more difficult. But over the long haul, by far, it provides a better experience in all ways as a human. Because the more that we realign ourselves, the more that we feel stable inside. You know, one of the reasons, especially going back to your scenario about the the holidays, one of the reasons that holidays are so challenging for a lot of people is simply because they bring up emotions. Mm -hmm. And... The reason I believe that most humans are programmed to not like emotions is because when we feel emotional, we feel out of control. So we would rather suppress the emotion and give ourselves the illusion of control. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you think about it, if we're afraid of an emotion and we do whatever we can to avoid it, who's really in control here? Us or the emotion? In reality, the things that we tend to do to try to control our emotions actually keep us under the control of the emotions because we're afraid of the emotions. So the real answer, if somebody wants to become more aligned and explore who you really are and be more stable and actually be more in control and have a chance at a fulfilled life and all that stuff that we talked about. Mm -hmm. If we want that at a deep level, the real answer 
when you feel your feelings come up, let's just use the holidays as an example, mm-hmm. the real answer is to just feel it. So any of us that have experienced death of any kind, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most disrespectful things that we can do for the people that we love to not feel our feelings of grief for them. But that's, again, what we're so programmed to do, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to break down in front of people. We don't want to feel embarrassed or whatever the case is. And then we hide it. We hide all of it. Uh, I just just filmed a, a movie this last weekend, the last two days. And the whole essence of the movie is I, as a father didn't want to grieve or I, I I was so uncomfortable that I wasn't grieving the death of my wife who had just died mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, a few days prior. And then my, my daughter confronts me about it and I push back and, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Just trying to put up this strong facade of what it means to be, I don't know, a man, what it means to be um, tough, Right. And then finally, mm-hmm. towards the end of the film, I break and I actually feel my feelings. And I think that's what so many of us struggle with is the feeling of our feelings. And I just fundamentally believe that if your body has feelings suppressed inside of them, the worst thing you can do is keep them suppressed. Mm-hmm. So if you watch a movie, if you look at an image on your phone, uh, if you feel anything come up, and you don't allow it to come out, then it'll just be down there waiting to come up again. It'll, it will come up another time. It's like a beach ball underwater. Mm-hmm. Our, our emotions don't want to be suppressed. So when we allow those feelings to just simply be felt, a lot of times that's all that has to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just like sit and, and cry or be angry or be happy, like whatever the feeling is. This goes for all feelings. It doesn't yeah. go for just the quote unquote negative ones or the deep ones. Mm-hmm. When, so going back to the original question, when feelings come up, feel them. Mm-hmm. When you notice some kind of reaction in your body, take that as an invitation to lean in rather than an uh, invitation to lean away. And it's not an easy process. It's not a fast process, but it's a human process. And mm-hmm. if we can just recognize that you know, feeling is a uniquely human experience. Mm-hmm. So I think when we deny ourselves our feelings, we're actually denying ourselves the richness of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And yes, and and I I love your answer as usual. I love all your answers, but this this point you make about emotional triggers being signs that something is out of alignment. It made me think about how like when your back is out of alignment and then you may Mm. go and get an adjustment from a chiropractor or when anything else is out of alignment physically, when we don't get those things checked, it literally can create sickness. Like the problem doesn't go away. It, It only gets worse over time. And when you mentioned grief, before That's you go to grief, yeah. to, to use that same example, what, what I think most people would do literally in that situation, but also metaphorically, is just get a, a, some medication that will numb yes. the pain, not yes. actually change the alignment. So when the pain numbs off, you know, when that 
pain number wears off, now your back's still out of alignment, right? Yes. And then you just need another pill. Right. But maybe it's a perspective shift, right? Maybe it's a matter of if we awareness and perspective, like once we understand that there is this process that happens and when we're feeling something, whether it's a feeling of sadness or you said even even happy feelings or like we're grieving or whatever, feel it and then let that run its course because also in there yes. could be an invitation for us to go vertical and mm-hmm. discover something that actually is for it's going to help us not hurt us right and and maybe yeah, right get us down. closer to who we are really wanting to be as as a person so i don't know um maybe i agree with that there. yeah i i really agree with that and i believe that our ability to really feel the depths of what the human experience is mm-hmm. in in true joy and happiness and all the good stuff that we want, it's only going to come through those painful and or emotional and or just scary because some of us are, are afraid of feeling true joy. Mm-hmm. But when we can sit in that, and just go, hmm, I'm having a human experience right now. Mm-hmm. So, so I know we're, you know, we're close on time here, but um, one of the reasons that we freak ourselves out is because of the judgments that we give. Mm-hmm. So rather than us going, I'm freaking out right now, or this is super uncomfortable, or this is embarrassing, you could just give yourself a neutral and or a positive label, like, huh, mm-hmm. I'm feeling something human. Right. Mm-hmm. And just be with the, you know, just embrace the, what your body's doing in that moment, what your heart's doing in that moment. And that doesn't make the feelings go away. It just makes it, uh, I was going to say easier. I don't know if it's easier, yeah. but it uh, it, we value it more. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love a good reframe. Um, that's perfect. Thank you, Sean. I can't believe we're out of time already. I want to <laughs> ask, real, like, we literally have 60 seconds. So, real quick, where I can know. people get Daddy, Are You Proud of Me? Your book. I, I want to make sure. Thank you for that. Coach yes. forward slash daddy. Daddy. Coach forward slash daddy. And Sean is S E A N. Perfect. Thank you so much. This has been part two of many. We're just going to leave it like that. And you guys, <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us today. Let me know what resonated. Message me or email me. Living Inside Out today at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram, whatever's convenient for you. Let me know how you were helped today and what uh, stood out for you. And if you have questions, drop those as well, because I will definitely have Sean back and we will dive into uh, your questions if you have any. So with that, I'm going to leave you guys with our final tip which around here, you know, is an acronym for transformation is possible. And it begins with making a choice to live inside out today. Until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.